Hello, this is uh, Danny Gibson, Director of Coaching with Oklahoma Rangers and Head Coach at Oklahoma City FC and you're listening to another episode of the Mass Football Podcast. Yo, welcome back to the Mass Football Podcast, the number one soccer podcast here in Oklahoma City. I am your host, Ricardo Yoa, and I am here at the NICE Legacy Real Estate Group. Shout out to the sponsors, you know what they do buy sell investing in house i definitely recommend you to go for them they are taking care of me and they will definitely take care of you but i do have a special guest here with me today i'm not here by myself i have the director of coaching for the oklahoma rangers fc as well as a usao graduate 07 12 all the way from east i hope i'm saying this correctly renfrewshire scotland there you go danny gibson good stuff Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Not that you're booze, but... Really? Yeah, yeah. Most hated man in youth soccer. No. You think so? <laughs> no. Maybe. No, I don't know. Nah. You yeah. want to hold the mic up just a little yeah, bit closer? Yeah, I got you. Danny, how are you today? Good, man. Good. Yeah, good to see you. It's been a, been a while. It's been a good minute. Yeah, yeah. I uh, remember I used to bump into you a lot when you were the... Uh, why was it you were used to be the community relations manager at energy fc energy fc yeah and now you're doing the director of coaching at um rangers but before we open up and unpack this podcast can you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about what you do no absolutely yeah um so you you kind of mentioned east east it's been a while since i heard that so uh south side of glasgow Mm -hmm. uh where i grew up um kind of fell in love with the game i suppose five years old um i think i got my first scotland strip and a goal for Christmas. After that, it was just just a little game. Um, Grew up playing all the time. We kind of, you're a little bit, I think, younger than, than I am, maybe. Just a little bit. Just a little I, bit. Look, when I was doing my research, I noticed that you were at USAO when I was at Mid America. Okay. So we went number two. I'm a '91, but gotcha. Not yeah, too bad. Not too yeah. bad. Yeah, we'll keep, so. We won't say your your year. If right. You don't want to. I, I don't even remember. <laughs> no. too, too many kids, and yeah, I, I can barely remember. But it's kind of that we kind of grew up in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, evolution from the industrial age into the internet type mm-hmm. of thing. So we were still out in the streets, so playing all the time, ball at your feet all the time. So that's kind of how we we grew up playing. All mm-hmm. you know, everything here is very organized, which is which is great uh, to an extent, which you know employs a lot of people like myself. But yeah. um, just kind of grew grew up playing, kicking the ball all the time. Um, you know, following Glasgow Rangers, the, mm-hmm. the team I support. Play. Um, so kind of got into more organized boys club. Um, I, I guess that's more grassroots, recreational. Mm-hmm. Uh, good little club called uh, Giffnick North, local town. You just, you basically went to, you know, whoever was mm-hmm. your closest. Um, and then from there, you know, some of the uh, professional clubs, they would uh, get money from the association. So the Scottish Football Association. So um, soccer was free. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would scout, send scouts to, to certain games. So. I think I was maybe 11 or 12, um, got picked up by Queen's Park, um, which they're actually, uh, they're kind of interested in, they're, they're in the professional tiers in Scotland, but they're the only amateur team um, in, in the professional tiers, but they, they're kind of known for having a really good uh, mm-hmm. youth system, Andy Robertson at, at Liverpool, he mm-hmm. started um, at Queen's Park. So it was there around a year, um, got released actually after a year, which was, kind of surprising to, mm-hmm. to myself when we, we sat down kind of room like this and had that conversation. I felt I was one of the, the stronger players, but um, at the time they, 
they told me um, it's your attitude. You know, you have it. You have it. And so I've always had a chip on my shoulder. Mm. Anybody that knows me, played against me, coached against me, is probably you know ref the game that I've been been yeah. on. Um, can probably say that. But at the time, I didn't really understand the the attitude. It was more so. Um, if I did something wrong, a misplaced pass, or I would mm. be frustrated, and then the frustration would maybe come out mm. in anger, a bad tackle, or mm. you know maybe speaking back to somebody, and um, so I was like, okay, there's a, you know, yeah. I need to do do better on that side, and went back to boys club for a little bit, played for East East Renfrewshire, um, they kind of had a select team, which was you know a few steps below uh, the the national team where you would kind of play. Um, you do select schools and stuff and so play with East Wren and um, a coach at the time was Craig Mulholland and uh, he's now the academy director at Rangers um, so he was way ahead of his time like really mm. really knew his stuff and was trying to introduce new progressive things so I, I, I really enjoyed that to be fair and, and he helped me get back into the the pro youth side um, so I end up at Hamilton Aki's uh, Hamilton Academicals which is um they were they were championship at the time, which is below the first tier professional in, in Scotland. Um, didn't really know much at the time, but they over the years they've they've really produced a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of good players. Um, so I was fortunate to be a, a part of that uh, three four years till I was about eighteen nineteen, um, and then you know they they actually got promoted into the to the professional uh, into mm. the to top tier into the Premiership. Um, and at that time, you know, signing more players, and it was just kind of, we never really had that official chat like, we're not bringing you back in, but the writing was kind of mm, on, the wall. on the wall. So, uh, you know, at that point, um, it was like I'll explore other options. Uh, I kind of kicked about some second, third division teams, and had a few offers on the plate. Um, then I had a, a boy that lived on the end of my my street, Gary Gary Muir. He came across to the US. Um, I think he went to Lindsay Wilson, um, but he went to Ducal first, and I think he ended up over there. So he was like, "You got, you got to get out here." You know, it's. I was playing at that point. You wanted to continue. Your yeah, career. that was that. That was the that was the goal. It wasn't education. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I, of course, I you know value that now. And yeah, education's important, but uh, of yeah, course, I but definitely but, understand you yeah. when you say that ball was life at that point. Yeah, just just chasing it, and uh, so I was like, "No, absolutely." So had you ever considered? America for football at that time or was it just was it ever an option or at that point was when it became an option yeah just funnily enough I got fam- I actually had family in Houston mm. um, my, my granddad was an engineer and he came across um, and so my aunt was like 17 at the time so she came with my granddad where, where my dad stayed back in back in Scotland he was obviously started his career and family and stuff so uh, she met her husband and had kids and stuff, so they mm. established down in Houston. So we've been across a, a couple of times, but mm. again, it was never really Nothing consideration, more of a you know come out vacation and visit family. So um, so then you bit the bullet and decided to come, or how did that play out? Yeah, yeah, I was on trial at Stirling Albion um, at the time. Again, I think second division in, in Scotland, and uh, their youth director. Um, David Benny, he was part of the First Point USA, which is like a agency, you know, that sends kids out. You know, a lot of guys that end up at mm-hmm. Mid America, USA, all these places go through certain mm-hmm. agencies. So um, we got chatting one day after a game. He's like, "You've ever considered this?" And um, so kind of signed up for the agency. Uh, played a few games. They filmed them, clipped mm-hmm. them. You know, all, all that stuff. Um, I feel like that's a pretty huge industry. 
um, foreign, uh, just out of the US to be able to just send to the US. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I, it was, at the time it was, it wasn't as big as it is now. I don't mm -hmm. think it, it was a little more specialized than they were maybe looking for those one or two players that they feel could maybe mm -hmm. go make an impact. Like I think we, we, we played, a, again, a little select team from first point. I think it was Stanford came across. Maybe maybe it was one of the mm -hmm. one of the D one groups, and I think we ended up beating them three one or something like that. So it was like guys that could could mm -hmm. play and could go make impact in, in the programs and stuff. So um, yeah, then a couple of offers came in. I had to set my SATs, and also we spoke about education mm -hmm. is important. My my scores weren't un great. unbelievable, um, so it kind of almost knocked a few options out almost end up in Tennessee and then there was a school in Florida wow. um, and then USA also I spoke to a few of the coaches and um, got Hampton on the phone and I was like you know this guy sounds like yeah you know, I've, when I spoke to him too it was hard not to feel like he could make me run through a wall and he, he wasn't even my coach that right. guy is the real you're a family member right that's right <laughs> that's Un funny Uncle Hamps yeah Uncle Hamps he did mention that yeah don't call him that to his face but yeah <laughs> bang his back so it's like a running joke so um, that's funny but no, he, he, you know, the, the way he discussed the game and mm. here's how we see that you would fit into our system and, you know, here's, here's the way we do things. And I thought, you know, this, this sounds like a bit of me. He's switched on. He's, uh, he understands the game just from, you know, mm -hmm. five-minute call. So it was like, all right, don't, don't know much about Oklahoma. It's not too far Chickasha. from Texas. And, uh -huh. Yeah, let's and do it. And showed up to Chickasha. And you, I guess you did all four years at USA Open. Yeah, yeah. No, I never really considered anything else the, the only thing I would maybe change and it's maybe a recommendation people coming over is almost give yourself that that year um, I wish I'd redshirted my first year oh. you know just to I, I, I was a late arrival I can't I can't really remember I think something to do with visa mm -hmm. so I was I was maybe a week two weeks late for pre-season um, so you, you know you just arrive you get all your classes mm -hmm. I just feel maybe or maybe a semester early come in and, yeah, and, yeah, and get, yeah. get you know, acclimated, yeah, you know, because yeah. it's totally different, different, yeah, different, different. Yeah. Even speaking to some of the kids I used to coach that are that are going to big schools like OSU, had a kid tell me that she's going early. She's basically giving up the a chance to win state cup again type of mm. thing. She goes to Deer Creek because um, she's going to go into Oklahoma State early and get acclimated, get training, get around, you know, try and get up to level so that. Yeah, tough. which is going to be tough because, yeah. what? Well, how old is she? Maybe like 17, yeah, 18? Seven, yeah, yeah. That's still really young considering 17 and 18 playing against 19, 20-year-olds is just a big difference. The right. body, speed, power. And you're right. I feel like a lot would benefit from just yeah. redshirting that first year. But who's there to tell us that that is even an option? Know. You know what I mean? But now you're as a director of coaching, you can come from that perspective. Right. Would you, for that person, maybe say, I, I would see why it would benefit her to just you know, I guess, what would she have to do then in that? Just uh, redshirt, go, go to school, get your credits in while you're also playing competitive? Or how, how does that, right. how would that work? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I wonder, obviously, D1 schools have all different mm -hmm. regulations and rules and stuff. So, um, but my thought would be that she likely still play club and, and train. And mm -hmm. they, I think they're still training in the off-season at, uh, at OSU and, and schools like that. So they'll probably be gone two, three times a week weight training you know maybe just getting herself more physically prepared yeah, speed yeah, of play yeah. and everything to when freshman year starts all right I'm, just get your I'm foot started go. because that's such a big um going from first year i'm in america how 
just different it was going from high school, a little bit of club, and then just seeing everybody just a lot bigger than you, a lot faster than you. Right. The game is just going by you, and you just you have to catch up. So I would see why that red that first year of redshirting would be so beneficial. And it's funny you say that because I've also heard that even holding back your son academically does wonders for you. Right. But then we're getting into the conversation of how boys are compared to girls because some studies show that boys develop a little bit later than girls do and girls are a little bit more organized and academically they're more inclined than the boys are. So there's just that whole right and left foot. That, you know, we were just talking about it, how kids start school too early. Right. But yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting point to bring yeah, up. Yeah, because roll, rolled up to Chickasha and, you know, just driving away from mm. city lights, like... In the darkness, you know, arrived at an evening, um, and then I think next day they were training. I had to go and get physical, so then I go out uh, to the practice field. Um, my first visual, Hampton, no shoes on, no socks on, on the middle of the field, taking free kicks into no. Broca, a big Brazilian goalkeeper, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and to be fair, he was putting them, you know, top, yeah, yeah, yeah. top corner. But I'm like, what is going? On? What is going on yeah. here? And he's like. You want to jump in? Hit a corner. First corner, shanked it out of bounds. I'm like, second corner, not bad. And then mm-hmm. it's like, all right, we're, we're up and running. And you know, once once you're around the team, everything was good. But I do remember sitting across, like like I'm from you, mm-hmm. the accent. I'm probably going to get caned on this accent. Mm-hmm. Like the the boys back home will see this, mm-hmm. and I'll just get absolutely ruined because absolute transatlantic accent now. But um, I remember speaking to a girl, and she, you know, asking where you're from, and. She had no idea what I was saying to her. I was trying to say it as slowly no. as possible. I remember going back to the hotel room for my mum, like close to tears, like, I don't do know it. if I can do this, uh-huh. you know. They, I can't even speak to, mm-hmm. to people, can't communicate. And you're speaking English. It's yeah, just... yeah. Well, I'm just speaking Scotland. Like, oh, oh, it's, it's English, kind of. <laughs> we barely speak English, but yeah. That's funny. And uh, then uh, at what point did you say, well, who was on that team at that time? Yeah, so fresh. Freshman year was funny. We had uh, the, our leadership was uh, a guy John Oman. He was captain. Terry Adamson, um, um, Pendon Nijar. He he's actually the assistant in San Francisco now. He's doing mm. really well. Um, but the funny thing was John. Uh, he he lived off campus. He lived in Tuttle at the time. So wow. we we were very young, like very very young. We uh, the, the recruiting class. Um, my freshman year, myself, Frank Gibson from Scotland. Mm. Um, Jake and James Cordage, mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of Brazilian lads. They yeah. they brought in it, so uh, it was almost a bit of a just a hush posh of yeah the world yeah it? yeah they went have so Junior Barrios that's uh, he's at South Lakes doing doing a really good job there. Um, he was a fantastic player. Um, he was kind of the the from that class of Brazilians. Now there were some older classmen that, that had great uh, athletic careers and, and done really well. Um, but Junior was kind of the, the one mm-hmm. that managed to stick in. It was kind of, his style was a little bit more, he was very aggressive, defensive, mm-hmm. kept the ball well, um, really tough to get the ball off of him. So um, he kind of survived. There was almost, you know, it's mm-hmm. that, that battle and then who, who kind of yeah. came out the other side. And it, it was just a bit of a, a culture, I'm sure, for them coming across mm-hmm. as well. Um, such a different culture. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Hampton coach is very structured and very specific mm-hmm. way. And, it's probably very different from, you know, coming from mm-hmm. from Brazil and uh, creativity and mm-hmm. and everything else. So um, I think it was. I think we went eight and eight. 
you know, mm. freshman year, so it was it was tough. It was uh, difficult. We had uh, Dushan Rasevich and uh, Nico. Uh, he's Nico's actually back. He was in Kansas. He's back in Edmond now, coaching from Serbia. The two of them are fantastic mm. players, like top top mm-hmm. top level players. Um, so we, we we did have some some talent, but we were very very young. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of getting through that freshman year, and then you know the the next year we started you know to figure some things out, and yeah. just like you were saying there, like. Who's, who's to tell you mm-hmm. what to do? So after that second year, when the freshmen were now coming in, it's like, all right, here, mm-hmm. here's how things are going to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas, not that we're left alone, but with, with John being captain, and I think he had a daughter at the time. He had like the, the best freshman year mm. of all time. Got a, got a girl pregnant, then married her. Then I think he got divorced. Wow. Um, so, you know, he, he, he had a whole lot going yeah, going yeah. on, um, old omen. But, um, so we just didn't have that, like, don't be stupid, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you know all the all the stupid things that you learn when you're a college kid. Would you have listened if somebody have told you though? That's uh, the problem, right? right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's part of it. I, mm-hmm. I think, I, yeah, of course. You, I look at 18, 19 year olds now. I'm mm. like, the kids, the kids, and we thought we had it all all figured out, you know. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then, I guess, 2007 and 2012. I remember speaking to Coach Hampton, and he said that the the boys team at least went on a good run at probably the the era that he calls it was that between 10 14 yeah so so my my uh senior year was 2010 mm-hmm. um we we went to nationals i think we got yeah um we just last 16 and last day i think um we we're a goal away from i think it was the last day i think we we're a goal away from mm, the, the, the lead eight yeah yeah so um, we had a really good year, and actually the year before we were probably a little stronger, but we'd come out of nowhere almost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, second year was building, and then third year we, we we had a really good year, surprised a few people. And and back then, you know, Oklahoma City University was really strong. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of the Liverpool lads were there, Spen Love and Stuart Houghton, and um, you know there was a, a lot of good players. Snoo were actually, mm-hmm. um, I think they transitioned out yeah. of the league at, at some point, but. They were still there. Oklahoma Christian. Yeah, I had a few uh, English lads as well. Yeah, and then Mac, who was you we know, we only had was, one. We had right. Andrew. That's it. We had right. Webster. He was, he was a beast as it was. As yeah, what a boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a top boy. And then after you graduated, what what did you do after you graduated? Did you just jump right into coaching? Did you know you wanted to get into coaching or? Yeah, no, I I, I really didn't, and I I hear this all the time. Like I wish I wish I'd yeah paid more attention to it and coach more, or maybe got started on on. The licensing path or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is because um, when you're, you're a player you just want to play yeah. you just, I, just get me the ball and I want to get on it and I want to make these runs but you know coach I, here's a structure and mm-hmm. you, 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 I just never remember really paying too much attention to it. Um, the, the one thing where a light bulb went off a little bit we played it was that, that senior year we had to go down to uh, Brownsville in Texas, kind of right on the mm-hmm. the border of Mexico, and it was funny the story. Um, they were unbeaten all year, uh, really strong team, really international, kind of similar to ourselves. Um, and they had to move the the location of the home game because uh, the cartels across mm. uh, the border uh, were and gun battles with you know the the police, are, wow. um, and so bullets had hit yeah. the home field. So oh, where are we going? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. way way down here. So. Um, they, they moved the location, like uh, police escort off the bus mm. um, onto the field, and Hampton was coming, we're going, 
were playing uh, 5-3-2 as a formation. And I think he told this story, it was the three, three or four of the lads got caught cheating mm, in, a, yeah. in a test. And they, so they, you know, starters, Gavin from, uh, you know, he was an African lad, great sentiment. Mm. Um, Nico and Dushan, superb players. We, you know, we end up having to go without them. Big back. Um, I was a winger, um, so he's good at right back. I don't know about this, mm -hmm. you know, but so he's drilled it into us tactically, and I'm, we won three 0 down there, Might easy. Well. Could have been, could have been a few more, and they were very good, but it was just they they couldn't quite figure out. You guys what, were clicking that day. Yeah, what we were in, um, it, it worked. It was, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was. I was like, wow. I was like, mm -hmm. I think we tactically won the game. I think we're probably mm. pretty evenly matched, um, talent wise. But the the tactics of I'm like, you know. That was yeah, the yeah, kind of yeah. first time, believe it or not, I really took notice. Like I agree. No, I did, definitely. That's how at least I was because it's very hard to take the player and kind of just take him out of himself to kind of think of where everyone else is at and the formations and your tactics compared to the if you're the right winger, your what's your what's your right back doing? You know how are you guys being cohesive? And I, you almost have to watch film to be able to be like pause, Danny. Look what you did here. Right. Look at your options. What could you have done better? Right. And then you kind of retrospectively say, you know, you're right. Yeah. The light bulb goes off. It's not like when you play FIFA and you see the whole seven men just right there and you can see that, okay, if I switch it, no, no, no. And you have to, like you said, just drill it in your head. And I think for me, and maybe even for a lot of other players, that's probably the hardest part to do because athletic-wise, you can run through a wall. Right. Stop somebody, you can stop somebody if you want to. The ball's going to get by you, but the player won't. But tactically, that's just another, another ball game. Right, right. No, so it was, uh, it was definitely interesting and, you know, it was uh, impact that worked. Mm -hmm. um, it was even, you know, I was certainly more attacking-wise. We had Sam Shaddock, who, um, another Scottish lad, he'd come as a forward. Hampton gave him a couple of games as forward and super athletic. Like Sam, Sam would go run miles and miles, and, mm -hmm. but he just didn't have that knack for goal. You know, mm -hmm. he just wasn't that natural goal scorer um, so Hampton started playing him right back left mm. back and he was nobody could get by him you know he just ran all day long um, so he he kind of he was on the left side of that five but he kind of sat in so I I released but I had a little bit more time and space rather mm -hmm. than being having the left back right on me I was kind of operating in between so mm -hmm. you know I got a lot of the ball was able to have some impact and so that no, was good so, so then the light goes off and you start yeah. seeing you know formations work it's yeah. not just 11 what do you do then yeah well funnily enough so um graduated um had no intention of coaching i'd done a few camps and honestly i didn't, didn't did you have intentions of staying in oklahoma yeah yeah so at that, uh, at that point yeah uh met my wife at, at usl she played on, on the women's team really good player much better than yeah much better than me um so it's hampton's niece you know that's where they mm -hmm. joke like they're like, you really didn't have that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, so um, she was at, she got pregnant um, just after we graduated. So okay. um, we got married. To, uh, we actually did a little courthouse wedding nice. before Liliana was born. Um, and then a year, year later, we did a big, big wedding. A lot of friends, family came across mm -hmm. to Oklahoma City, went to Vegas, nice. bachelor, bachelorette party before. Nice. So. No, it was good, good time. So it was Sounds like, like you uh, had a whole American wedding thing. Big time. Yeah, big time. <laughs> How different would it have been if it was in Scotland? Yeah, I mean, I think 
Party-wise, probably similar. Like, we, yeah, <laughs> everybody, every, you know, uh, Brittany's family, mm. uh, her dad's kind of, uh, he's half Mexican, so, mm. um, you know, he likes to have a good time, mm-hmm. some cervezas, and um, so, you know, we just we just had a, mm. that was the main goal of it, like, let's, let's, just have, let's have a good time, yeah. get the families together, and um, so, no, it would, it would have been good. It would have been a little different, a little colder, mm-hmm. and, yeah, um, but no, it was... It was big fun. So we we kind of had those goals to set on. Mm-hmm. Um, start sending out job applications mm-hmm. and get one back from Xerox. I had a little bit of sales experience when I was I was playing part time in Scotland and um, knocking on doors selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'll go into sales, uh, selling for Xerox, selling copy mm-hmm. and printers. And I was like, the money was okay. Was, mm-hmm. We're getting by, you know. But it's like I said to. JB, there's nothing that we know more than soccer. So right, right, uh, yeah. It was ne- never too too far. Um, always and and to coach and he said like the best thing is uh, Orsi, who was the assistant at USCO, still is on, on the men's side. Um, he's got a couple of teams need some help. Mm. It's like what well, Brown, I'll, I'll jump in. So you know, I tell guys this all the time because they come out of college or they want to coach. Uh, this team's not good enough or I uh, want first team or you know I, I don't think it was great for me because I, I was able to learn you know how he communicated how he structured how he, how he did things how maybe I would do things differently but you know I think it was getting like 300 bucks a month mm-hmm. or something yeah, to, uh, uh, people think that once you they want to start coaching maybe starting coaching is easy but the pay is never great right. you know but you don't we're not there for the pay really you right. know so yeah, I, I definitely understand. That's yeah. one of the, my wife says, go code. We got not that easy, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Bills to pay, we got time, you know, it takes up a lot of time. For sure it does, yeah. So yeah, yeah. no, it's a big, big sacrifice. Um, so no, that was that was kind of starting and I was like, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good, but still still working. Uh, nine to five mm-hmm. would, would go there after. Um, and then the energy roll came up. At the time I was like this. This miserable calling people trying mm-hmm. to sell them copy you know be calling legacy real estate and going mm-hmm. hey you know who, who do you get your copy from i don't know i don't care you i know. don't want to talk to you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And they're like use the accents like even with the accent you yeah, know? Yeah. they don't want they don't want to talk so um the energy uh deal came up and you know when I spoke to jason hawkins i was like well it's an opportunity to work work in the game it's mm-hmm. not i told him at the time like i would love any chance to get on the field or there's coaching opportunities and mm-hmm. you know we're starting to f- try and figure out the 20th and you know how they can maybe get into something like let's get me involved and then you know if there are any other so opportunities come up then then let's do it because it, it, you know it was never my goal to be community relations which mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that I thought it was you know it was great for for the time but at that time I was like you know kind of get into to coaching mm-hmm. um, sounds like a hard job to do the community relations because you're everywhere we run into you at every court opening right and there you are just uh bringing the football to just random kids trying to organize kids that don't want to get organized and then, don't get me wrong it's not that bad but right it is kind of just uh, you never know what to expect right right and it's like uh that that type of staffing as well we were just putting it out to Mm-hmm. 20 30 people can somebody make this event please, mm-hmm. please. and fortunately enough that one of the teams i coached with rc um and so i'm the, the tryouts he had a parent complaint and he, you know rc gets worked up at times so he's like i'm done with this group 
I was supposed to take the 98 boys, which were a great group, a lot of good kids. Um, he said, you take the 97s, um, I'll do the 98. So, okay. Um, so Caleb rolled on and mm. um, Nick Noble. Uh, there was a lot of good players. Morno played there. Mm-hmm. Christian Hernandez came over. Um, Caleb's cousin. Um, goodness me, what was it? I forgot his name. Right back. was a really good player. This is, uh, what club is this? Uh, OEFC. OFC. Oh, yeah, it was OFC at the time, yeah, okay. Oklahoma Football Club. Um, so we had, we, had, we had a really good, it was this 97 second group. Uh, Feely had the first group and some, some real talent on, on that team. You know, Garrett McLaughlin still playing Lamar and yeah. all of them playing on, the, on that group. So, um, no, it was fun. So we, we, we just had a great time. And that was kind of my first test of, listen, mm-hmm. you're a head coach, mm-hmm. you, you know. The, leadership and um, getting them going, getting structured, but they... They had a great time. We had a good culture. We we got after. I think we, uh, you know, present cup final, state cup final, mm. and stuff. So, no, it was a it was a really good first group. Parent group were amazing. Gabby Noble, it's it. Um, mm-hmm. She's president of NOKC and heavily involved involved with energy. And um, she was a manager, so it was it was kind of seamless to mm-hmm. to get to know the lay of the land and everything else. So after that, it was like, you know, kind of caught the bug. Like, all right, let's get better. Let's get on the license and path mm-hmm. and. Um, just try and be best as, you can yeah be. that's right and then how long were you there for like at seven eight yeah uh, i think it's nine probably nine ten years wow. was it was it ofc then the transition to oefc um you know working with with the the, the energy um end up doing some assistant side on the played at okcfc when they had that pdl mm-hmm. group then the following year they went i think it was mpsl um so I was assistant with, with Hampton and, and RC on, on that group. So again, that was kind of taste of a more senior level. Um, and then uh, with the energy, kind of got my feet in there a little bit with, with John Perlman and, and helped him on, on, the, on the 23s as well. Mm-hmm. So I was just always trying to... Yeah, yeah get, soak up everything yeah, that you could. Yeah, yeah. And, and Steve Cook and, and, and Danny Stone, Lexi, they were, they were great. Because, um, I, again, I kind of shared that with them. Like, listen, I don't want to be... Mm-hmm. putting inflatables up I want to be on, on the field so you know off season I was out, out there with them and just trying to learn as, as much as possible so um, got on the like I said the license path my e-youth uh, license now which um, you know it's kind of like well what's what's next I think want to maybe get on the UEFA path mm-hmm. and I've got some of my, my Scottish FA badges and um, you know would like to maybe go do do some more so it's just um Always trying to trying, trying to learn. To and, yeah. Is the licensing process easier in Scotland than it is here? I remember when I was speaking to um, the coach, the girls, Juan, uh, the girls coach at Southwestern Christian, and he explained to me that the licensing process in Mexico is a little bit easier. Right. It's a little bit quicker and it's a little bit different. Right. Um, do you have any knowledge on the licensing experience on there in Scotland? Yeah. Or is it all just under the UEFA umbrella? Yeah. I, I don't think it's too too dissimilar. I don't think it's not as expensive mm. as it is in in the US. A little bit more cost effective. Um, I do know that the the SFA, you know, Scottish football is not across the world mm-hmm. viewed as as the highest. But the the coaching um, education piece of it is is very highly regarded. You know, Mourinho and Pochettino and mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of these guys came through there. Obviously. You got Alex Ferguson that you know maybe considered the best ever. Is he from Scotland? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, okay. so outside of Glasgow, not maybe maybe ten fifteen minutes from where wow. I grew up. So, 
Yeah, yeah. That's so, legendary right there. Yeah. I need to read that book. I've heard a lot of great things yeah, about that book. Probably really good. Have you read it? Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Yeah, I try, try and keep up a lot, a lot of things that, that Sir Alex has, has yeah. done, just, just being from kind of same part of the world mm-hmm. as I'm from and um, just how he is as a leader. And, you know, I read the one recently uh, where Harvard Business School mm-hmm. basically brought him in for, for 10 days and, just you know, pick his brain. Yeah, pick his brain on how to how you be a leader, how do you organize a, a huge organization like, you know, Man United and, you know, how do you get people on side and... How to motivate. How, yeah. What did you pick up? What's the few things that you picked up from... Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much. It's almost like one of those things yeah. where you could clip them every 30 you seconds. Create a and, course. Yeah, yeah and, and create a quote. Um, I think a lot of it, uh, observation, he talks about where taking a step back and I, I struggle with that a, a mm-hmm. lot, even as a director now, I'll... I'll just do it you know if yeah. I want it done right so I'll, I'll just jump in and do it whereas he he said he took a step back and, and was more so that the manager have mm. a first team coach and, and obviously he's had so many first team coaches at Man United mm-hmm. that went on to to be top managers th- themselves um, but that he, he more so observe uh, mm. be able to see the players uh, body language and, and how they were responding how hard they were working and, mm. and, and stuff like that and then, then obviously a lot of it was how to motivate mm. um, get to know the, the human what what makes this person tick and um, you know some of that's probably gone especially on the on the youth side you have to be very cognizant of how you, you speak I yes. think he he kind of ruled with an iron fist like it was, it was his way yes um, I mean at that level you kind of can sure. you know what I'm saying and I think that's one of the things that I picked up listening from interviews from other players is that he was very keen on what you said observation but also knowing how to motivate your players because right. everyone needs to be spoken to a little bit differently. So as opposed to where if you're going to challenge this by, but you can put this guy down. And I think a lot of the stuff that he was really good at is also understanding kind of like the atmosphere of the team, knowing that if I was going to grill you, it was going to work for everyone else. Right. I'd be like, hey, Danny, I'm going to grill you for a second, but it's for a purpose. Yeah. You know, send a message to everybody else. Out. Yeah. And that's how it is. And now I, I was curious how... You in a position of leadership for other coaches, like how do you handle that? Because you probably get bombarded with all the coaches' problems, and it's just kind of like, hey, Danny, give me some advice. Like, right. uh, I have kids who aren't listening to me. I'm dealing with parents. I remember when I was speaking to, I have all these names of all the guests that I have, and I'm just turning blank. Yeah. But um, <laughs> gotta write them down on a swallow. I do. I yeah. do. He was coaching with you, Adam, <laughs> and he said he had brought up the funny story about towards the end of his tenure there, he kind of just got tired of, you know, just having to put up the face yep. and just being up front with them. And he just, the one story that stuck out to me was the Google me story. I know, I'm real. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. He's just like, yeah. Google me. And like, what, how, how, what do you do? What do you do? Because right. the parents coming up to you and say, hey, this guy's being an asshole. Yeah, I told him X, Y, Z. And all he said was Google me. Right. And then I always said, there's always three three sides to their story there's yours there's mine and there's the truth but as the leadership role you have to listen to the parent you gotta listen to your coach and you have to find that in between like how how, what, how do you do that how are you coping with that how are you yeah. figuring that out just always always learning every day to, yeah. to be honest but um you know what the adam deal coming from the, the club he was at he was he was he was burnt out on mm-hmm. on the role he he, he I think he'd given a lot and um but I knew obviously his value and his worth. Yeah. Um and then, you know, speaking to the players, 
love them. Mm-hmm. You know, would work hard for them. The, the sessions are really good. You know, anytime I walk past, saying the right things and mm-hmm. um, running good structured training sessions and and really pushing, trying to get the most out of the players. So it's like you just balance it at mm-hmm. that that point. He, he's probably not gonna. Um, you know, overly communicate with with the parents, but it's maybe just having mm-hmm. that understanding. And unfortunately, on most of his teams, we had one or two parents that uh, I could communicate with, and mm-hmm. and he did too, who could kind of soften that a little bit. Oh, okay, here's what's happening, here's what mm-hmm. we're doing. But um, you know, going, almost going back to like the sales, everything is sales and, and communication. Mm-hmm. Really, how how well do you, do you communicate? Um, you know, the the product that you. The you're message. trying to provide, yeah. And I had that with coaches. Uh, it was one of my first meetings. I had a lot of pushback. Like, well, hold on, are we coaching the parents or the players? I'm like, well, both. Yeah, the parents we, pay the bills. You know, they have to be an ally. You got to get them on mm-hmm. on side so that when they leave the game, you know, they're they're not speaking all of the coach and it because it that internalizes in the players yeah. and it be- almost becomes an ex- excuse on on the field. Like, well. Mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, don't think that this coach Their is coaches up to much. Great, you yeah. know, so I can just kind of half-ass it. Yeah. How different is that from the football you experienced in Scotland? Because you brought up that conversation you had when you sat down in a table like this. And right. You sat in front of the row of coaches, and it's kind of like your evaluation. True. I've seen clips of that on some page I follow on TikTok. I think it's the, um, it might be Queens Park Rangers who, who who does that, or someone else. But regardless, every kid. I feel like goes to that evaluation phase where they sit down, the coaches tell you how you did that year, and it's either we're going to pick you up or we're going to drop you. Right. And that's that comes with a lot of stress, but I feel like that's a little different from here, you know, because it almost is like a service here. Yeah. You know, the, the football here. As to post over there, you shut up wanting to play, and I guess there isn't, I don't know, I guess we have a luxury here of being able to let you know that, hey, I don't like the way you spoke to me today. Right. As opposed to over there, is that how it rolls over there? Or is it just... Yeah, the, the very little parent involvement, mm-hmm. you know, mom and dad would, would take me. Um, I remember once I'd get old enough, I'd, I'd be on the train and the bus take 45 yourself. minutes to, to get myself from, from Hamilton, which uh, from where I was living to, to Hamilton. And there'd be two or three other boys, we would, we would all meet up and do that. So... Um, the, the involvement was mm-hmm. in that meeting, really, like, okay, we're going to re-sign them or we're going to give them a two-year deal here and, um, you know, whatever the, the case was. So um, I think clubs have gotten better back home in, in terms mm-hmm. of communicating throughout the year. And I even see some things about kind of exit meetings, mm-hmm. trying to set them up um, with, with what's next because, mm-hmm. you know, you see some of these boys are in the academy all their life and then... And dreams get shattered. ...didn't make it. So, so what's what now? Um so I, th- I think, you know, there's an emphasis on that and mm-hmm. that's kind of that four kind of pillars of the game, like technical, tactical, physical, and then, you know, the, the mental side that I think there's a whole lot more focus around oh, yeah. that, especially in young men, uh, you know, 18 to 35, like it's, it, it's, it's so important. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, ju- it's just a different, uh, different system and n- not to say it's better, but it's cult- different. yeah, culturally, um, I think, like you said, uh, there's that will. I want to be a part of this, um, and they have that luxury of well, um, you know, if there's a problem or it's not like well, we have another 500 players out here that we can oh, go yeah. scout, we can go look at that that would want to have this mm. this opportunity. So would that be because here you you said it that I guess 
in, in Scotland, it was kind of funded through that professional pyramid yeah as opposed to here where we have to pay yeah to play yeah that i get that dynamic right there just right there is already enough to where if the coach says it you know that's that's the rules as opposed to here well i pay for my son to be here and right. if you're not doing a good job for me i'll go take him to cosmos or whatever it might absolutely be. yeah yeah that's yeah no that's that's kind of the, the, the battle we face all the time and you have to sympathize like mm-hmm. parents do pay you know my little 2012 team they are all over the place, uh, you know, Texas, they were up in St. Louis, they went to Utah in the summer, you know, they, they, they're mm-hmm. investing a lot in it, so then, well, my kids only played 10 minutes that half, Danny, like, well, what, mm-hmm. you know, in those conversations, we have to navigate, and you, you sympathize with it, but, you know, at the same time, um, at the very top of my responsibility is to create, you know, mm-hmm. the, the best. Develop players. Yeah, soccer players possible and, and yeah we want to do that holistically and mm. make sure we're um you know having some influence on on how they are in society and you know how they're behaving and do of course we focus on those things because the reality is the majority of them won't be that one percent player but you know that, that's got to be the goal surely as a director of, of coaching and you know kind of the leader and, and player development within the club like we want to really develop the best players possible so um no, it's it's a challenge, and I do remember um, when the energy, you know, they introduced the we're going to put our branding on OFC Canadian Valley, which is now us, um, and, and Blitz um, mm-hmm. at the time, so it was East, West, and Central. Mm-hmm. It was like my suggestion, and you know, there was, there was a whole lot of heads in the room, smart people, people focused on the business, the ticketing, but for me, <coughs> energy fund. Fund one team per age group. And if you're just going to do the boys' side, then maybe you know mm-hmm. a group like Oklahoma City FC could potentially do something mm-hmm. on the girls' side. And then you guys can go scout and select. And, mm-hmm. and what that then does for, for the rest of us, it doesn't put us out of business, but people might want to come to Oklahoma Rangers if we're developing them and they're getting this opportunity mm-hmm. to, okay, because you've, you've come up on a good foundation, you've got a good technical... Uh, expertise and you're comfortable and creative whatever the case may be you might have that opportunity but because we're not there and and everybody has the we're elite no we're elite mm-hmm. oh, no one's really yeah, that, if everyone's that, elite then yeah, who is elite right know? right um and obviously the, the ecnl leagues and stuff it, it separates that a little bit but there's obviously an exclusivity Mm-hmm. To, to that as well and, and then I know throwing MLS next as well which is another exclusivity as well yeah yeah so um I, I just I think that that's the structure you know that's the that's the way to to do it all the other clubs would, for me would still survive probably thrive mm-hmm. because there's less of that mm-hmm. competition this still would, it would still go on I'm sure like well you should come over here um, you get a better opportunity but um I just feel like that would be that would be the way to solve a lot yeah. of the, the, the issues and like you said if you got 10 minutes playing time or you don't like this coach then you go down the road but yeah, yeah, yeah. long term what message does that send yeah, it does it does yeah. I definitely agree with that but I mean I also look at it this way too if you go to a church and uh, you just aren't getting the message from the priest right uh, and you find out the priest that deserves, delivers the message a little better than you know you might benefit from it that way yeah. but you are right what message are you sending if you don't like you know, if you don't like the temperature of this water, eventually you're just going to try all of them and you might just find that nothing is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Is it the water's fault or is it you that just, you know, aren't dealing with it? So yeah, yeah. I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. No, and that's, 
that's kind of been since I went across. If we have a kid that we can no longer service, that we, we're not able to challenge them, mm. we can't surround them with like-for-like like players or they're not getting the competition on the weekends, then, you know, it's our responsibility. Let's try and find that mm. kid, kid a place to go. So that's kind of, of course, we don't want to be pushing that's our kids out the club. Mm -hmm. um, but until we can have access to certain leagues or um, then then that's kind of, for me, that's the, that that's part of the mm -hmm. the, the goal. Um, so yeah, I, I think an even playing field would be mm -hmm. would be ideal for, you know, when U.S. Soccer gave up the the DA, you know, coached in that for one year prior to coming over to to Rangers, um, everything was then up for grabs. Like U.S. Soccer mm -hmm. was kind of no longer uh, had a hold on on youth soccer. I know they partner with USYS, mm -hmm. and there's all the different. I need to get more informed with that oh, because just yeah. listening to people gets me so there's so many acronyms for so many oh, different leagues me. and it's it does not make sense to me no no to me right. I, I no. need to look at it in a paper or something but it, it just sounds like a mess right uh, yeah and, and, and that's kind of where I was going with that thing back in the day you know every team's in in the same association mm -hmm. they're playing the same league so if Rangers uh, blue team wins their league they get to go play in, in the next league and if we win the top league then we can go compete mm -hmm. regionally with with the texas groups mm -hmm. and see how we do there and if we win that you can maybe go compete nationally type of thing and and then we get all our kids in odp and we push that and um now it's it's very very separate yeah. and there's like three teams from the same year winning state so yeah. who really won state right. there's the president's cup there's probably another pair of cups as well yeah so. yeah it's a bit of a bit of a saturation mm. and um you know I, my mindset is let's play anybody anywhere mm -hmm. any you know that's it, it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. who we're affiliated with and, and what league like this is we're talking about kids, play. kids playing yeah you know yeah, so yeah. why why we tell them to go drive two hours to get a game when we're 15 oh, yeah, minutes somebody, down the yeah, road. Yeah, you know. club. yeah, that's very true. I'm curious. Um, was Rangers something that you started here, the Oklahoma Rangers FC, or how? How did? What's the inception story behind that? Yeah. So um, mentioned DA there. Uh, so came out a year doing that, um, and was speaking to uh, kind of leadership at OEFC. Um, they, they said, "Listen, we're going to take a step back. We're going to coach coming in. He's going to." He's gonna come, so I was a little frustrated. Mm. Just transparency with 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 that, because I felt you know, I sacrificed a lot, and you know you're training three four times a week in mm -hmm. Florida, Colorado. Just to have somebody else bump and take your team. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a couple conversations with a few coaches at different clubs that have had something similar to that experience, or they get a new coach coming in and they get a club team or the competitive team, and they're stuck still doing rec even though right. they've been there for two years. Like it's it's frustrating. Yeah, 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 and. And now being on the other side of it, I understand there's there's decisions that are sometimes made, and you know it's it's not to take stuff. No, not not looking at yeah, it from yeah, the so, DOC so spot. Yeah, but at, at the time, oh my man, come on, what what's happening here? So, um, it it wasn't a instant decision, but this I'd seen this uh, role OEFC West director kind of advertise for a couple of weeks now, you know that's interesting, you know, but no. I hadn't made contact, I hadn't stuck my uh, resume in uh, as of yet. And and then just coming out of that, and I was like, this, you look at it, and I'm sure coaches do the same at my club. Where, where's the room to grow here? Mm. Like the the leadership positions at the time were very secure. You know, guys mm -hmm. that have been there for years who had earned the right. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking, you know, there's, you know, I'm on my license. I'm, I've kind of 
gone through all this. I've done the DA. I've worked with the kind of semi-pro side. Some like, well, where's the the mm-hmm. room to grow? So I threw my name in in the hat and went for an interview. And um, kind of you know, Hampton was a, a, it was a call again. There was a few calls I made. Like, what what do you think about this? I've been offered this mm-hmm. this role. Fortunately, I think you know that made a good impression and 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 the interview and I had good conversation with the people and kind of I was like I, I like the vision and what you guys are trying to do. Um, I'd said for years and years that if Mustang, Yukon, Piedmont, that West OKC Total, area, if mm-hmm. we can ever, you know, kind of get on the same page and I mean, there's great players out of there. All the high school programs there's do well. There's some grit out there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit more blue collar. And, mm-hmm. um, so my, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to go for this. And Hampton was like, listen, jump at it. Grab it with two hands. And he said, one day I might be calling you for, for a job because you just, you know, you never know mm-hmm. what, what happens in, in soccer. And, um, that, that he said, trust me, from being the head of, you know, a mm-hmm. massive organization, that sounds pretty, pretty nice to be mm-hmm. over, you know, 30 teams or so and have a good staff. And so, yeah, jumped at it. So it was still Energy West. There was still a year of the, the contract, the kind of branding contract. But, mm. you know, at that time, everybody was like, who are we playing on Saturday? Energy. energy. We're playing Energy. It's like teams were ready kind of for their own identity. So mm. we, we kind of made that decision early on and it was nothing to do with, you know, not being against the energy or getting away from from central or anything else like that. But um, there was no other there was no other benefit really, other than the the branding mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, you know, we weren't getting coach education. You know, mm-hmm. was, there was none of that type of thing. You know, we got this ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of it around, and I didn't want to push it too hard. Um, it just so happened we, you know, one of the incentives was to to try and educate and push coaches when we went in there if we make the coaches better mm-hmm. hopefully in turn they, they, they make the players better and, and you know secular like that um, so we got him with the coaching manual I was on the A licence with Paul Bright he's the director of the coaching manual great guy out of Manchester um, so we got all the coaches a licence on there so there's a lot of sessions ex-pros um, you know you can design your session so we would mm-hmm. challenge the coaches you know once every two weeks submit, submit a session so that you know, if I'm doing a building out the back session on Monday, I can go in and see, okay, here's Brandon's session, here's next, here's mm-hmm. Sainis, and okay, I'm going to steal that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, whatever the case may be. So just just more communication, more. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it's a professional club, because if you're, let's say, the Rangers back home, right. and the head coach wants everyone to play, his team plays out of the back, why wouldn't everyone else play out of the back yeah. too? You know, because eventually the goal is to have those players play in the first team. So they all kind of have to follow the same philosophy right so i see that yeah yeah no that, that was that that was another big piece of it and um that's still the challenge today to to be honest um that we have a very uh, structured philosophy here's how we want to play here's the players we want to try and mm-hmm. develop like here's, here's the profile they got to be mm-hmm. confident they got to be creative they got to be very very comfortable on the ball mm-hmm. and uh, receive both feet and um and then pair that with decision making are they smart mm. they make are they scanning are they making it so that's kind of the the philosophy yeah the philosophy but um trying to implement that it's that, different that's that, hard yeah you gotta you have the plan but you also have to work with what you have yep and then uh be able to do what you can with that and if not everybody can well it's a good start to be at now sure. we know what we want sure sure um and, uh, even on on the coaches side like um all the coaches have been very receptive and, and very open but it's um, really trying to get that, that mm-hmm. buy-in like here's what I believe and um, I didn't wake up one day and 
and just come up with it. But mm-hmm. over years and over time working with players, like this, this works. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's really try and try and push this. And you might not win the game on Saturday, but you put that kid in really uncomfortable positions, positions. and so then you know they're they're gonna have to figure mm-hmm. out a solution. And it might be failure the first two or three times, but uh, once they start to figure that out, and then the other players around them are. Mm-hmm. Are trying to help them and bail them out and move off the ball and it's like okay now we we got something that looks like the game a little mm-hmm. bit and um, it, it it works it's not overnight but um, so it's just trying to get that like, that same belief and 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 it's it's certainly getting there we're we're we're, we're on the right path but it, it, yeah it wasn't an overnight thing like you know maybe maybe I first thought it would be so um, sorry back to the to the Rangers so Rangers actually partnered with the coaching manual. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the coaching manual provides like a skeleton site. So mm. um, Rangers have run of it. So uh, Gary Gibson and, uh, of course, must be all Gibsons in, in mm-hmm. Scotland, not a cousin. Everyone's <laughs> like, is that your brother, your uncle? Nah. No, it's kind of like a, a Perez or a Garcia That's right. or a Hernandez. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I think I went to school with like four or five different different Gibsons. So <laughs> uh, Frank Gibson, we end up at USA all together. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, him and Ian Greer, they, they kind of, I got in touch with him like, well, 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 what's this? And so we had a few Zoom calls and I was like, it sounded really, really good. And and to be fair, um, obviously my allegiance is to, yeah, to Glasgow yeah. Rangers. Like I, I grew up loving them. and um, But they're a top 20 academy in, in Europe. They uh, have this uh, double pass, it's called. So double pass basically goes to academy. They've done some in the US. Um, all throughout Europe, England, you know, Spain, and basically rate their academy based on, you know, mm. whatever their system is. So uh, Rangers basically ranked in, in mm. the top 20 in terms of the uh, the things they're doing, the player development, the culture, all, all mm. that stuff. So they were very, very transparent and sharing their stuff on the site. They were doing, uh, were doing Zoom calls, like, you know, Zoom call with Michael Beal. Uh, he's now the QPR manager, but he was Gerard's assistant. Wow. Uh, he was at Liverpool like 19s managers I think he was over in Corinthians and was like mm-hmm. he's just one of the he's probably one of the top minds that you know if you look him up um, and youth side and he's obviously transitioned that um, so it was just they were very very transparent so I'm like listen said to Paul Bright like oh you don't mind but we're going to transfer and he's like no listen it's kind of the, mm-hmm. under the same umbrella so n- no big deal and it makes sense so we were in that partnership uh, I think we signed like a three year so our coaches all got access to that they're they send coaches over they've been over once um for a little clinic we obviously sent a team that's what i was gonna ask yeah. you guys sent a team yeah. out there didn't yeah. you yeah so it just opens up something Doors. a little bit different um and then we were just brainstorming ideas did we go back to canadian valley mm. um you know there was loads of different things suggested and you know i, I didn't put it forward and i didn't vote but you know mm-hmm. oklahoma rangers eventually was like well this just makes sense you know let's let's do this so um you know, it didn't didn't hurt my feelings. That's awesome, um, and that, for you, you know, and your personal story. That's 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 great. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, it was cool. And, and when they did they did the announcement and stuff, it got picked up. Uh, you know, back in Glasgow, one of the newspapers picked picked wow. it up, and uh, you know, a little quote in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then our followers on Twitter was going mad from because nice. uh, you know I don't think in the US, you know, Rangers of Celtic are followed like. Man United mm-hmm. and Liverpool and it's mm-hmm. that same pa- so it's, it's a worldwide club mm-hmm. you know sports clubs in Dubai China uh, Australia yeah, all over the place the US so um, no, it was pretty cool to see the, the kind of reach that 
you know, little old Oklahoma Rangers kind of yeah. had for, you know, that split second. That's funny. And it, I guess it's just a coincidence then, because I was going to ask, you have the Rangers over here and you got the Celtic and Norman too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess that was just something that came up. Afterwards, did you look back on it and say, well, that's kind of funny? Yeah, no, it is. It really is. And I'm not sure what how, how that came about. Uh-huh. I'd be interested in in, in that story. Um down down in Norman but I had to remember the very first thing some of the boys still see me mm-hmm. and say we remember what you said to us before that it was like my very first time coaching and we're playing a Celtic team and mm-hmm. you know I'm saying like listen I'm, I'm from Glasgow and you know you're the blue you're green you <laughs> uh-huh. know, and, and there's a whole lot more that goes into it Protestant yeah, Catholic yeah, yeah. You, you oh know. really it goes yeah, that deep yeah very yeah it's, it was very bad for, for a while in mm. terms of you know, uh, old firm, that's what they call it, uh, old firm derby. So an old firm day, you wouldn't want to be out in, in colours. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember I'm getting being, goosebumps just yeah, listening to this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Being at games with my dad and take your scarf off, mm. you know, before yes. we, we, we leave the stadium so that... That's real. You know, that's... Yeah, yeah. And there's been, you know, tragedies, people in yeah. the wrong area. and um, So, no, it's pretty... It's, it's getting better, you know. It's, it's, it's just part of the game. Yeah. That's the passion you brought up that story taking off your scarf when i was on my honeymoon in mexico me and my wife got to see uh, uh liga mx i think it was a playoff game semifinals between chivas and america i'm a chivas guy and i had my chivas jersey they ended up going to penalty kicks and the chivas we won right yeah. but we were on away soil so as soon as i had seen that we won took my shirt off i was like all right i'm gonna go to the restroom i was just in a muscle shirt and i kid you not walking into the restroom i saw this big guy just getting the living pulp beat out of him because he had a Chivas jersey on. No Came way. out and was crying. He was just like, ah, oh, they beat the crap out of me out there. And I told my wife, see, I told you. Right. You put that shirt in there and don't let anybody see it. Yeah. Because that's, soccer is, just pulls that side of us out. Yeah, yeah. And no, there's an ugly, there's a, you know, dark, dark side to it. There's a dark side to it. Uh-huh. But, you know, some of that's, you know, we, we joke in Scotland, like the, the English leagues, like the plastic league, the mm-hmm. tourist league. You, know, you see Haaland scores a goal. And he's celebrating. Everybody's got their cell phone up, you know, yeah. watching. Whereas, you know, we call it like limbs uh, in Scotland. Somebody, everybody's just gone crazy, and there's limbs yeah, everywhere. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So a little bit more, more passion. And I get it sometimes. Like people text me over here, like the last old firm, Celtic beat Rangers four 0 like, and I'm just miserable mm. and a terrible mood. My wife's trying to joke with me. I'm like not speaking to her. Kids are not getting any attention. And one or two, like you know, American mm-hmm. the parents or whatever yeah. coaches will. I'm like, nah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not joking about this. It may yeah, be yeah, funny yeah. with a Liverpool man, you, whatever, but I'm, uh, it's, it's a bit, yeah, it's too, it's too serious at times, which is probably good why I never. But I think we need that in our life. Yeah. Like we need those ups and downs because that kind of, how, what can I say it? If everything tasted good, if everything tasted like pizza, you'd get sick of it. You yeah. know, you need to have a bad dish with a good dish to be able to, to value the victories and the losses. Right. Yeah, that 4-0 loss, it hurt. Yeah, but whenever yeah. Rangers won the league with uh, Gerard, boy, yeah. was that not delicious. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. So yeah, so that, that, yeah, the lows are low, and the, but, it, but it makes it highs. That's the kind of comparison I make with soccer and life. Because I've been asking a few people um, that have come in um, this question that if soccer was your answer, football was your answer, then what was your question? Right. What did soccer, what did football do for you? Why football for Danny right what was your question that made you just stick to football because football is worldwide here in about a month less than a month the world's going to be shut down and it's just going to be football every day right every morning why does football 
bring that out in us. Why, why, why does football make us want to kill people? Right. Why does football make us, brings us so much joy? Um, they were going over the story of uh, when Maradona had won the World Cup. Right. And during that time, Argentina was just going through this bad patch. Like whatever, they had just gotten out of a war. It's just really bad. But when he had won that World Cup, there's stories of people who said, I was depressed. And the second he had scored that goal, I jumped for joy. And I had never felt that type of happiness. And right. it pulled people out of depression. It made people feel full when they were hungry. And now there's a church of Maradona down right. in uh, South Argentina yeah. where you can get baptized. I by need to go do that. Yeah, you do. Have mm-hmm. you heard the story? Mm-hmm. It's an amazing story. Yeah. It's an amazing story. And I would, yeah. I would definitely, you have to renounce all your other religions and whatnot to uh, <laughs> become a part of that yeah. church. But that'd be great. No, I love Maradona. Yeah, I think he's the best ever. Think so? Yeah. I, don't, I, I really don't know how I got on to like, being from Scotland. How we, you know, you used to have like, four or five channels on your TV. Mm-hmm. On Channel 4, they used to play um, the Italian football. Mm. So I'd watch a lot of Italian. So I think maybe first stumble across them at Napoli. And, mm. um, but yeah, I just always grew up watching videotapes of Maradona. And just, mm-hmm. just love that same chip on the shoulder like, mm-hmm. kind of resonates with, with me. We grew up in a special time. You said that. We, and I believe that. We, everybody thinks they grew up in the golden era. But we were there for the old age and watched the transition into the new age. Uh, when I was coming and thinking of questions to ask, now that your daughters are in the football career, how different is that from your career and watching them start their career? Because right. like, there's definitely pros and cons to it. But we might have touched on it a while ago, but what, what differences do you see that your daughters are going through than what you had to go through? Yeah, not, you know, everything... We, the 2012s, we, we filmed the games, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we, we had that last Monday, I think it got rained out. So we got on a Zoom call and so it was just everything, 30 second mm-hmm. clips, anything more than that, you know. It's like bored. Yeah, it's like the TikTok or whatever. That, it's oh, ruining yeah, our brain, yeah, isn't it? Just swipe on that. So it's it, trying to catch the, their attention. But, you know, we, we played the next game and I thought there was a, positive impact they, they they saw some things mm-hmm. um you know that maybe for me just telling them or i was doing it on the training field it wasn't quite uh you know resonating with them but mm-hmm. um they, they saw they saw the little clips they have access to them um and we do a lot of that stuff like i think i, I remember speaking to you at an event with energy which i was talking about soccer starts at home mm-hmm. um so you know if, if you allow your kid to come home from school and they just get they just get on the phone or iPad mm-hmm. and uh, you won't see them for the so we we try and send little challenges out and mm-hmm. uh, involve the team so uh, this week it's Liliana hey you gotta we're doing right now with them different ways to flick the ball up because mm. um, they're they're starting to get on that where they're a lot more comfortable juggling so you got to do ten juggles after um, but flick it up a, a different way so then all right Lily did hers she sends a video you guys all have a week to mm. to submit yours and then we'll move on to it so we. We've kind of uh, adapted a little bit, and, and COVID year was, mm. I thought, was crazy. But I thought we did a very good job. We jumped on. Yeah, you on were even had you even had a podcast for a little bit, too. right? Right. And I was going to tell you that I didn't want to tell you at the beginning of the podcast. That's kind of why I started this. Yeah. When I had seen you start your podcast, I was like, Brian. dang it, 
Yeah. I had always had yeah. this idea of doing it. Yeah. And Danny's doing it. Yeah. And he's doing it great. Nah. I want to be just like Danny. Yeah, no chance. And yeah, yeah what happened? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was more so kind of fell in yeah. fell in the need a lot of that, and we we still plan on doing some things like Facebook Live. We did one with Adam mm-hmm. not too long ago, kind of uh, for our high school age kids, like you know getting on that college path and I thought Adam's insight was, was great. I learned some stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, he's talking about Twitter cause he's not wrong. I'll get followers just cause I'm, you know, director club or off a seven year old on Instagram, you know, that's good. And that's that whole 20,000 followers. And it's like, Instagram is different. Yeah. Twitter, the Twitter soccer space is just a different ball game. Yeah. yeah. I was speaking to Gutierrez yeah, here and Byron, he's yeah. very big into the, and then, which rightly so, you learn so much from it. There's so many people giving out so much information on Twitter, and right. you can literally get lost. You, there's a soccer Twitter that if you didn't know existed, it's out there. Oh yeah, and that's so yeah. many people. Yeah, out there on the coaching, a lot of coaching resources. Like they do a if you hashtag Sunday Share, mm. Sundays for whatever you know. Sounds good on the hashtag, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you, a lot of people share the sessions, and and so if you're struggling with something, you can look it up. There's yeah. there's question and answer deals and. Um, but not it, it, it's certainly different from from that aspect, and and it, it's cultural. I think, you know, I think talking to John Brown, you know, I, I listen. You may not know about listen to to most of them. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, John Brown was talking about it kind of culturally, mm. just playing at home, and um, you know, I listen to what's his name, um, a podcast. Another Scottish guy. He covers a lot of La Liga. Mm. That'll come to me. He's got a phenomenal podcast kind of like gets all the top players on mm. or whatever but every player I noticed that he speaks to um, and probably from you know a couple of generations ago grew up playing in the street mm-hmm. and most of them had older brothers or, or sisters yeah it's always um, the youngest so they're, yeah they're going to beat up a little bit so they had to figure some things out so you know that's the player kind of providing solutions in, a, in mm-hmm. an unstructured way whereas we we just don't have that that here um, in, in most in, environments but you know, like you're talking about futsal courts, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, down on the south side and, and the Hispanic community, you know, mm-hmm. some things I love, like Sundays, we'll take the dog for a walk around Mustang and every now and then you see a little family, you know, mum and dad are playing as well. So, okay, that's cool. There you know, go. Starting to get get that cultural stuff. But the challenge for us is how do we, if that's not happening, how, how do we make it So there's lots of ideas we have that we need to implement. Mm-hmm. Free play, just opening up a field, mm-hmm certain times even providing some some equipment if somebody just wants to go out and hit free kicks as a 2005 boy every Tuesday or Thursday he's out there we're on one side of the field he's hitting free kicks on the other and you know some people might be like let's move them or he's being a dis- mm-hmm. so like, but uh, I'm like that's brilliant mm-hmm. yeah keep doing your thing I think these brothers are practicing so how do we promote that yeah how do we push the free play because yeah that's probably the biggest thing to the growth of you know our generation the future generation is just getting out there and playing because you only have what a few hours twice a week yeah and yeah. then on saturdays yeah. so if they're not playing on their own they are getting left behind yeah no. so we're like how, how do we promote that right right i think you you touched on it very well is creating those challenges that flick challenge right and turning it into something that you can you know Similar to the ice bucket challenge. Oh, right. here's my 10 dribbles. I challenge Danny. Yeah. Show me your dribbles. And then maybe doing it that way or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, there's, there's, I think there's there's ways to be creative. And I think people are, uh, you know, gaps of other organized things. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, 
Garrett and Kit and you know all these other futsal wow. they're, they're doing doing great job but it's just kind of another mm-hmm. organized another thing you know you got to pay for and do private lessons and you know again I'm advocate for for all of those things I think there's there's value in all of it um you know I think a couple of years ago Kit even mentioned that on the last one it was like um it blew up like futsal mm. and you know I see it happen in, in Scotland as, as well like people are we didn't call it futsal, you know, we just call it playing, but, yeah. um, or in a school gym or whatever, but, okay, now it's a little bit, um, so I think, I think it fills that, mm-hmm. that need a little bit, but there still is obviously some, some structure to it, some, mm-hmm. they talk about the methodology and, um, you know, there, there, there's, there's certain bits like that to, that, that are being implemented, so, um, no, it's just, just maybe, play more. Yeah, play more, encourage that, and, and there's kids playing four or five times a week the ones that are serious and mm-hmm. now they may have to mum and dad may have to take them and pay for that and yeah. whatever else but um i think it's that that part of the culture i think is is helping the outdoor um maybe not having to do as much or compensate as much mm-hmm. um but no there's there's always ideas that we can mm. we can put in and implement and maybe uh living leveling up the high school game Right. Probably, because that's another way to, for them to get touches. And I feel like that space, it's great where it's at, but it could use some more quality. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not to bash anybody that's doing any high school. I think high school is great. I love high school. But um, where some schools are organized, some aren't. Right. You know, where some have quality coaches, some have volunteers. True. So I don't know. I just... I always like to ask because yeah. you know there's always room to grow, and if you we, if we think we've grown enough, then nah, we're, no. we're we're getting nowhere. No, you can't stand still. You always gotta yeah. adapt and, and adjust, and you know. Hopefully, I'm always like that. Not just because I'm mm-hmm. in this in this stage of life where I'm I'm, I'm okay learning something, and okay, maybe I was wrong about that and progressing. But I, I hope that I can continue mm. continue that mindset because I say that all the time. With coaches, we will have a monthly coaches meeting and okay, I'm going to present something like we were talking about constraints in soccer. I read a good book um, talking about constraints. And constraints kind of a negative word Like comes mm-hmm. off like, well, why are you constraining something or rest- restricting? But it's basically like, and I've implemented it very simplistically in the game. So um, if we're trying to switch the point of attack or if we're trying to encourage more width on the field, then make the field wider. Mm. You know, but maybe shorter. Mm-hmm. But the field's wider. If we're trying to focus on, you know, breaking lines or getting runs in behind, then the field's a little bit more narrow. So, mm-hmm. that, um, and then before we kick off, I go to the blue team. Hey, um, you guys are one 0 down. You know, it's you've got five minutes left. We want to see if you can get a winner, and then mm-hmm. go to the other team. You know, if you guys can get a clean sheet. Uh, trying to motivate them. Yeah, yeah. Just just d- set up different scenarios mm. and the. Rather than the scrimmage just kind of fizzling out at the end of the session, mm-hmm. it's now focus on, on some things or, you know, say we're focused on the counter press. If you guys can win the ball back mm. in the attacking third and score, you get two goals. So it's, um, but during those meetings, like, I'm like, don't just sit here and listen to me. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, what's Danny talking about? This mm-hmm. is nonsense. And can't wait to get out, like, challenge me on it because then it'll probably make, make mm-hmm. me better because, okay, I need to explain this or, because if you what? have a question, somebody else might have the same question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm always trying to uh, set up that environment. I don't know a lot of the time they'll 
they'll just come and listen and yeah. you know take that and, and maybe it's because it was great and mm-hmm. they agreed with it but I think a lot of time it needs to be give and take it can't be Oklahoma Rangers Danny Gibson mm-hmm. here's how everything's going to be um, I think there's there, there's certainly time like we're saying with the philosophy and everything we don't want to deviate too much from style mm-hmm. of play so there may be times hey, it's got to be this way but um, I think just those conversations make us better and mm-hmm. hopefully improve us all around so yeah you said uh, where you are in life where are you in your life right now yeah it just feels like a blur <laughs> just reacting right yeah. now yeah so like Lorenzo my boy finally got a boy after three girls there you go yeah oh my thing's not working oh, right man, now yeah. it's, it's frozen it's recording but you need to add to that and yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. you. Pay, pay, pay so he's he's a year and a month. He turned one last month. So, um, like we were talking about before, Brittany went back to uh, she's back working full mm-hmm. time. So, just me and him trying to keep him alive on a daily basis. Keeping him alive. Yeah. I feel that if you're not yeah. a parent, you don't know right. what you mean. But you gotta right. <laughs> feed him, poop him, burp him. That's right. Um, get get other kids to to where they need to be school and everything. So uh, everyone's a bit of blur and like you said, the responsibilities of. Uh, you know, the, being the director, we'll hear mm. from parents and Joe called a time like at Taylor Park where we train in Yukon. There's a restroom. It's kind of off to the side. You got to walk across a little bridge. So mm-hmm. the amount of people that come up to me during the session, do you have a key for the the restroom? I'm like, I'm a, I'm the director of the restroom. Yeah. That's that's my role. Or they'll they'll ask me about socks. Like, hey, I didn't mm. I didn't get my socks yet. Okay, not really my wheelhouse, but yeah, I'll point you in the right direction. Maybe, you know? maybe like Stralix Ferguson, you might have to give that job to someone else. Right, right, yeah, and that, uh, yeah, I think that's the that's the thing, and we're, and we're getting there. That's the next step, just trying to figure out that the things that are out with my control. Um, to give them to somebody else, because that's yeah, um, yeah, that's the next step. Kind of like a business, yeah. you know. You, I want to be able to do all of this, but boy, would it help me if I had somebody that could edit the podcast. Right. But not only that, I also have to be willing to give it up because if I want it to be done right, I want to do it myself. Sure. But that just comes with it, you know, just it's the aches and pains of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, one of the areas of success that we had, um, change is difficult. And, and then if you, you soccer change almost becomes an excuse. So if I change the coach mm. from one year to the next, well, we're kind of thinking about looking at another club, but mm. now we're definitely going to do it. So me coming in, there was a bit of a, there was an outgoing, but mm. to, to be honest, like the, I don't know the, the, the full story situation before and I'm not really that interested, to be honest. I, I have a lot of respect for mm-hmm. the job people were doing before, um, but here's how we want to do things type of thing. So um, when, I completely lost my train of thought, my phone went there. No, no, yeah. Um, you were talking about the positions and give, cutting coaches yeah, out sorry. from others. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so one of the areas we were like, let's focus on was the, the academy groups, the mm-hmm. the foundation stage. So they're coming in at five, six years old and they come into the competitive club at 11. So can we put a lot of energy and focus into that so that then we're hopefully growing mm-hmm. not only good players, but some more numbers and now we're bringing them into the competitive club. And it wasn't to say we were ignoring the competitive or, or just saying you guys are it was it was just a bit more intentional like let's mm. let's get after that and i think we had real real success a, you know a 12 group um on, on the boys and girls of were kind of that first group that transitioned and competitive and both brought in two good good groups good coaches good players um mm. 
So, um, but but that's another area. Like, I'm kind of fulfilling both of those roles at the moment: the academy director and mm. and the competitive. So, I would like to, at some stage, have one of my coaches or open it up for an interview or, or when we mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. in and take that role and organise the, the games and mm-hmm. um, you know implement the the training that whatever else that we're we're currently doing because just be one thing off my plate and honestly yeah then you'd be able to do everything else a little bit better right right but it's true what you said like. The Great Hampton says you're planting those seeds sure. for those young ones so you can bear the fruit with them when they are able to go into the competitive game. Yeah. How many teams does Rangers have yeah. at the moment? I think we're on the competitive side, we're, we're around 25. Wow. And then um, on the academy side, you know, it's like what, 10, 15. It's a lot of my 4v4, a little bit smaller groups. So um, I think it's around 10, 10 or 12. It's on, like 30, 30 plus teams. Yeah. Yeah, and then that means what? Fifteen coaches. Yeah, about about that. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's one thing. I, you know that you get the complaints and you sit with the board at times, and ah, we got to do this and that. Take a step back. You know, actually, we're we're in a, we're in a pretty good spot mm-hmm. in terms of. I think the staff is in in a good place. We we managed to get some some really good mm-hmm. coaches involved, and they're really buying in. They're enthusiastic. The players are enjoying it um, with them. So I'm like, yeah, you know. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom at mm-hmm. times. Like to take take that little step back, have a breather. And yeah, but it can be. I yeah, mean, as yeah. the director with almost three hundred players under your watch, sure. fifteen coaches. If you sat down and tried to listen to everyone's problems, it would seem like there's just full of problems. Right. But you, like you said, need to pull yourself back and just realize that if these are the problems I'm dealing with, and it might just be good problems to have. Sure. You know what I mean? But how do you do it? How do you disconnect? How do you just uh, remember that life is just what you have in front of you. Right. Well, I, you know, I'm fortunate that, that Brittany grew up in the game and, mm. um, you know, she. I think her favourite favorite time of the week is going out in the fields Watch and it. watching the kids. And so it's it's not so much that I, that I have to mm-hmm. um, completely, uh, you know, turn away from it. But, but there's certainly times where you know, it's been like, all right, after nine o'clock, mm. phone's off and don't... Uh, no more calls or emails or, mm-hmm. or whatever else and um you know there's, there's certainly areas i can i can improve on because you know at times it probably is we're humans all consuming um for the for the kids too because they're they're all playing and they're all on it too so it's like you know both daughters are playing as well yeah uh liliana's a 12 and uh lorelei uh 2015 and i've got all the l names so it's like tongue twisted lennox uh she's five and she's just uh, kind of started getting involved. Me and uh, Alyssa Jones, we split that. Mm. A lot of groups, so a lot of a lot of patience. Um, but again, it's a fun, fun little group, fun That's age. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot, but you know, at, at times I'm complaining about oh, doing. Actually, would you change? Mm-hmm. Would you change? You you know, living in America, you have four, you know, beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. You, you know, your wife, you're working in the game, so. Yeah, I mean, you went from being in Scotland, playing, trying to find where to play, going to USAL, wanting to go back, graduating. Am I going to coach? I'm going to coach. Start coaching. Hey, uh, get on with energy. Get on any way you can to now having 300 players and 15 coaches plus under your belt. What are you going to do next? I mean, the the, the plan is just to grow. Yeah, keep growing it and... um, Really enjoying working with the uh, Oklahoma City FC. Mm-hmm. Um, done my second season just there. Um, 
so again that was a cool opportunity Evan Evan Dressel he met with it. I think he was doing like technical director mm-hmm. I think he was watching the English Premiership or something and mm-hmm. gave himself that role like oh, every team's got a technical director mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to take that so it's a great, has fair, a good ring to yeah, it yeah fair play to him yeah, yeah. Um, so I think by ch- it was kind of a bit of a chance meeting we'd had some meetings with believe it or not uh, Celtic about potentially doing something together so Sean Jones was involved um, with that um, it, it didn't, didn't quite work out um Again, at the time, I was like, well, I just want to crack on with what mm-hmm. what we're doing. But, um, you know, a lot of respect for, for those guys there too. But I think Sean mentioned, so it, we met with Evan and was like, yeah, well, let's have a crack at that. That'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be great. And, and obviously having three daughters and I, I don't know what at time, because I said my first team was 97 boys and I worked with some younger age group boys. But at a certain point, I kind of mm-hmm. gravitated a little bit more towards the, the women's game and so not really enjoying it. The talent is, is ridiculous, and mm. um, you know it's just a, adjusting. But for me, everything is still development. You know, mm-hmm. I think Sean and and the owners, it's that they would. You want to win games, but he understands because he's he's coaching side and he's had play. He's had his own daughters mm-hmm. go play. You know the top levels, so he understands. For me, whether I'm coaching Lennox's little fives or mm. or you know some. You know, Drea Hampton played, uh, Lorna Valla, JC Jones, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these that have had college careers but have still wanted mm-hmm. to continue playing. Um, it's still like, how, how can we put you in a position to improve, get mm-hmm. a little bit better? Of course, we want to have success in terms of wins and um, that that's maybe more so an area I can improve, like all right, tactical changes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe not throwing in that 18, 19-year-old. That, mm-hmm. but, but for me, I, I just... It's all about development, and yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. There's a, where's your fine line, with, development or winning? Right. You know, like where where does that teeter for you? Yeah. Um, you, think, youth side, development. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I've said, I'm, I'm fiery and I'm passionate. We want you have to want to win. There's got to be that culture mm-hmm. when you're training. You got to compete, and we try and make it as competitive as possible in training, so that the game's almost easier than, mm-hmm. than what you've been doing. So like you walk past my session, you'd be like, this guy's a lunatic. Like, uh, not, not necessarily screaming at the kids, but trying to have that high mm-hmm. energy so that um, you, they, can, they can deal with it on, on the weekends. But um, so that's a big piece of it. You, we, we get away from that too often, I think. Like, winning doesn't matter. It does matter, but mm-hmm. it's how we're achieving that. And I, th- I just think in the game... And it's no knock on anybody, but um, a coach will sometimes think, "Well, I'm doing, I'm doing them a service here by providing them the solution." So the solution is their right midfielder is really, really good. Mm-hmm. So let's double up on them. But all right. So what did it say about those two players that had to double? Mm-hmm. What did they focus on their game, or did they just focus on on the opponent? So mm-hmm. you stopped the opponent. If you, you won the game, you kicked it in the field, and the kid made a mistake. Mm-hmm. He scored the goal. So, but for me, I'm going. Well, my team was trying to play, so this kid got 50 touches on the ball, and you know they messed up this many times, and but they made this many decisions, mm-hmm. and they're they're looking for this. So that that's kind of where my whole philosophy is mm. with it. Um, and I've, I'm kind of I'm open to to other things with with most stuff, but with that, I'm like, I just don't think there's a, mm. I don't think there's another way. I just think it's. That's how we. That's how we learn. You know, if kids learn piano, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they go to the teacher and they think, oh, well, you hit the wrong note there, 
or you played the wrong chord, but they're really going to figure it out when they go home and Do they come through and oh, I heard it there. Yeah. That was the wrong one or, you know, didn't feel right. Whatever the case was. So all learning is kind of that way, but then we get into, you know, there's there's a competitive aspect of it, which we, I think we've addressed, but, um, you know, they, they, they've got to have that freedom and, um, you know, if we can give them that, then, then we get players that are creative, mm-hmm. technical and ones that can make good decisions and that's basically the, the game. And so then at that level, yeah, you probably are. Mm. All right, we'll go and use use that and go go win the game type of thing. But yeah, I'm all, all all development even with that that top level team that and they want to win, so we've got to put them in a position to do it. But um, I, I've done my job if the kid that's a freshman mm-hmm. in college didn't play much, came in the summer and got a bit more playing time, confidence, and went back in and Coming. improved the minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's funny because two points here. Um, it's the point number one is it sounds a lot like parenting. Right. You want to be able to... I wish I can give all my son the answers, but how far is that going to take him? Right. And you have to let him go and make the mistakes so that he can learn. And even if it's just drawing a picture, my son loves to art. He loves to draw. I can't be standing over him and be like, ah, you messed up there. You messed up there. Let me do this for you. No, no. Just let him do his thing. And maybe if I can, I'll try to correct them. But if not... The next one will be better. Uh, that's kind of how it is. Right. Point number two, when I was speaking to Adam, I had that same question. Similar. It was like, hey, winning or developing? Youth side, developing. But where he said he, he enjoyed it the most was when it was winning. When winning was the only option that he had. Sure. That's when. And that's it's so different because he was speaking on his role when he was at Mid-America. And he kind of felt guilty being in a position of bringing in better players. Right. And knocking out the ones that were already playing. But like I had mentioned to him, it just depends on how you look at it, you know, because it can be all about winning. But then it also just depends on the player, too. If everything is all about winning and I'm not getting what I want, am I going to blame the coach or am I going to internalize and say, all right, I'm obviously not doing something right. What can I work on? Right. You know, that's that's me figuring out my own answer as opposed to somebody else coming and saying, you know, let me fix this for you so you can have it your way. You know right. what I mean? So that's it's a difficult thing to teeter. And then as the DOC, like you wish you can be like, hey, I want all my coaches to win all the games. Well, that's, that's impossible because we, from what I'm hearing, want to develop players. Sure. That's yeah. just the bottom yeah. dollar. And it's, it's, a, it's a mixed message at times. Like we don't post on Oklahoma Rangers Facebook, mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know, the 2013 boys, you know, connected seven passes and mm-hmm. created... 20 chances to their four but lost 3-0 yeah, we, we post them when they win the tournament are they mm-hmm. so it, 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 it's a little bit it's a little bit mixed but um, no like like you're saying for me it's I don't think there's any person that made it to the top level or, of any career really um, whatever they were chasing but particularly in sports that didn't have some one of those moments a setback a failure somebody came in and took your spot so it's it, yep there's those feelings of guilt and I have them too, particularly on the youth side. Yeah, mm. like, oh, you know, I really like this kid. I like the family, but mm. here's what's going to be better for them to, to go drop down and play on this team. And mm. um, the fact that there's somebody coming in to, to replace them shouldn't be seen as personal, but it's the, how do you then react? And I, I tell them all the time, I hope, I hope you prove me wrong. And I hope mm-hmm. that's, that's now the opportunity you take and that fuels, um, you know, something in you to, 
to go react and, and, and improve and, and I, I love being proved wrong on, mm. on those type of things um, but yeah it's difficult to get across and I don't think kids have enough adversity these days and you know the somebody used to we're talking about helicopter parents somebody's talking about like lawnmower you know where they go out in front of the kid and cut on mm. the grass before they they walk so they'd want to prepare everything I'm probably guilty of it too you know I set the kids lunches out and get the clothes ready in the morning and you know if the house is disaster I'm losing mm-hmm. my head clean, but I'll clean it you know I won't hold them so it's, it's little things like that but I think if you ask 99% of soccer parents sports parents why mm. why do you put your kid in you know the, some of them will be honest I want them to be professional I want mm-hmm. them to be the best but most of them life lessons yes um, so it's like well let's let's let that, that, that mm-hmm. play out and of course we want to you know there's times where I'm like I can maybe alter the way mm. I said something or you know yeah you're right you should have had 15 minutes rather than but um, you know let, let's see how they re- react to it and mm-hmm. can we help them through those things like we're, we're not just all adversity and mm-hmm. all negativity but I think you know kids kids need a little bit more of that they do um, in, in, in society so I think it, it's 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 a diff, diff, difficult thing to to kind of it's an obstacle you got to clear but um, I think we got to use we got to use sports and, and mm-hmm. soccer to teach some of those things and and hopefully it makes them better human beings yeah, better prepared. positive people in society that contribute in a positive way as opposed right. to the negative right I DOCs go through all these uh, difficult decision making and I just feel like there aren't many very many conversations like these where you know, these are things that keep you up at night. Sure. You don't just make these decisions and rule off the person that didn't get to play. No, you're thinking about them all the time. You're thinking about all the players. But it's just impossible to, you know, to check everyone's box. Right. And it's funny. I had that great conversation with Hampton. I didn't even get to touch on his DOC right. side of it. And I wish I would have. But having you here to talk about it just makes me realize that, man, that's a difficult job. Yeah, yeah. You get, get him back on for a, a part two. That was, that was good. Once a big dog came on, I was like, "Okay, I got to, I got to get myself on there." Yeah, he gave it a blue check mark. You know, like, I got the blue check mark. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had been asking, but yeah, you're busy, and I understand no, no. that. And I know that eventually our cross we're gonna, our paths we're gonna cross too. So it's, I didn't want to put too much stress on no, it. No, not at all. Yeah, my ears are burning a few. Like, jump on up, Danny Gibson. That's someone say my name there mm-hmm. on the on the podcast. You know, I put it on like I was saying, cleaning the house, uh, uh-huh. doing the laundry or something, or I'm working on. I'll just stick the podcast on and yeah. kept hearing like, oh, he's, we're trying to get him on. I'm like, okay, I got to get where Ricardo. We're going to. We're yeah. going to. That's, yeah. a, that's yeah. my thing. It's like, well, look, we're going to. Whoever whoever anybody wants to have on, we'll get them on eventually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, enjoyed it. And enjoyed listening. And I think, uh, you know, you guys are doing a, Thank you. a great thing. And, um, you know, all your different events. Oh, Joe, you know, Joe was uh, working with us for a little mm-hmm. bit um, before he went up to school. Or so, mm-hmm. you know, great relationship with with him but just just growing the game and highlighting different areas because you know there's, there's been one or two where i'm like i don't know this person but mm. you know i'm going to stick it on and say oh that, that, that's interesting they work in a high school game mm. or they're working on, on different aspects of it and I, I think sometimes not 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 like a snobbery or, or anything like that like looking down your nose but we, we sometimes maybe don't mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're kind of in our lane and focused on on certain things so it's that's only normal yeah. that, that's normal yeah. and that's that's one of the positive things that i've noticed about this is that not only do I take apart, you know, my positive side from it, but I've had a few people on that I have no idea who they are, right. what they do. There's going to be an episode coming out here in a few weeks 
about a strength and conditioning coach who goes around, he works with a sport house and his way of looking at physics and, uh, you know, the physical body and nutrition just made so much sense to me. And his point of view was like, we need more people like them in our clubs and our high schools in our college programs, because all these top tier programs have strength and conditioning coaches. Right. But why? And he just broke it down to how important it is for our kids to recover, how negative it is to have all these kids just overloaded all the time. Right. We miss the resting aspect of, of our physical body. Like we can go 100 miles an hour, but if we don't rest, that's doing us no good. Right. And those are some of the stories that I think just, I think just benefit all of us. So no, uh, I, I don't want to toot my own horn at all, but I, I hope people take all of the stuff that gets said and just kind of use it for their own good. Yeah, take, take a little piece. Of, uh, yeah, I, I, I like listening to podcasts, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, earlier, but every now and then you pick pick something up, I'm going to use that, yeah. you know, uh, tonight, or a little motivational thing, or, or they talked about a session that they've done, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to gonna pick that up, or I'm going to look into to that. Like you said, we, um, we've we tried to focus a little bit around that. We've got Senny, um, and, you know, he's a, mm-hmm. a trend conditioning uh, trainer as well like he's, he's eight to five mm-hmm. type of thing so we've we've kind of tried to launch different programs and stuff mm-hmm. with, with varying success but um it, it's obviously a huge part of mm-hmm. it like, again like going way back to the start there you come in freshman year and yeah. you're skin and bone and all these guys in, in the weight room and playing against foreigners that yeah. are coming in as 22 year old freshmen so it's like what do you do you yeah. know yeah so yeah that's and another box that i want to check is the psychological side of the game I wanna, I'm working on getting a sports uh, psychologist on. Brilliant. Someone that can just tell me the importance of why confidence is something so important on the pitch. Right. That's something you can't, when you can train it, but like you can be the best player in the world, but if your confidence in your head isn't there, then you're just not there. Why is that so important? Right. Um, you touched on a little bit as well when yep. you first showed up here at USAO and it's just, just, just that, that first year would have been massive for you if you right. would have taken it. But yeah. 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 No, I think... Uh, like like we we touched on that the four areas of the game, there was nothing on mm. on the mental aspect, and and I think that was my biggest hurdle. Or something, you know, I'm trying to learn from my mistakes when I'm speaking to players. Like if I'd maybe had that bit of advice, or I you know speak to somebody, or here's a coping mechanism. Like talk about that, like dragon breath or warrior breath. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, forget about because I'd be obsessing about a missed pass, a mm. bad touch that happened in minute one, and it's now minute thirty, and. I'm got myself worked up and I've kicked the opponent yellow card. You know, what, whatever mm. the case may be, but I, I always thought that. So you know, now coaching, I'm like, got to try and be be really aware of that that yeah. side of things. And um, but yeah, there's there, there's not enough of that, and we're, we're kind of seeing the culture shifting a little bit. You see all the stuff coming out the NWSL where you know there's been some terrible like allegations, and mm. but it's just maybe having that person within the club, a counselor type deal, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I think uh, would would be very valuable for for most youth clubs and transitioning into mm-hmm. the upper levels of the game. How many red cards have you gotten throughout your life? <laughs> to to you know to be honest, I never got red carded no? at USO, um, <laughs> but Ham yeah, but Hampton he, he you know he knew I could there was potential. So I think sometimes there was times I'd maybe leave a feel frustrated. He didn't play me as much. The game was. The game was going that way. It's chippy, and mm-hmm. you know, I remember just one story. Played St. Greg's, 
I don't, I don't know who the player is, so yeah, maybe he'll know. Um, Frank Gibson put in a horrible tackle. Mm. Like he was known for that, just like just shocking. Frank Gibson is the centre back that was yeah. the the Baldwin. Blonde. The no, blonde no, one. Yeah, Baldwin Parkinson's got Parkinson's. Parkinson's That's the guy that yeah. I remember just yeah. taking everything out of the yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's gone on. He's fantastic coach. You know, he was head coach at Gotham until uh-huh. recently. So he, you know, kind of like you guys say about Mid America. I love to see the. Uh, trajectory of the USL guys, a lot There's of them. A lot of them doing yeah, some great things. Yeah, killing it. Um, whatever career they're in, but um, yeah, Frank put in a bad tackle, and so everybody's all kind of ran over. Mm-hmm. You know, handbags. Um, sort of. I'm back. There's a throw in, so I'm backing into this kid. I've heard the noise first. Touched the back of my head. Mm. He spat in the back of my head. No. So like Hampton was here with this ca- like cameras. So I'm going. This, this just spat in the back of my head. So yeah. Hampton summed me off and said to their coach, hey, the ref didn't see the linesman. You might want to have a word with this kid because, you know, he's saying he's spat in the back of his head. Um, so I never reacted. So I'm like, you know, because somebody the, spits on you. That's one of the few things that, yeah. for me, just... you got to pass. Turn the table over. Yeah, you, I, pass. you cannot spit on anyone. That's yeah. Yeah, but grading. I, I can't. Yeah. It just makes my blood boil thinking about right, it. Right. We had these conversations. I mean, I'm in the, so I'm like, I won't react. Mm-hmm. Just told him shoved me off I didn't go back and mm. the rest of the game I'm sure in his head he's gonna he's gonna mm. go over the top of the ball or something there. lucky he didn't catch an elbow yeah. just standing behind you yeah but the other coach subbed him off but put him back in I always remember that like some lesson he taught him that day you know uh-huh. but um, I, I don't know who the coach was or you know so it's nothing nothing personal uh, or, but uh, you know it's, it's like just, one of those things that just unfortunately when the game goes on just, some for some people it pulls out a different side of them right i right. was playing in an adults tournament here at Oktoberfest, and there was some guy just running his mouth and i just got tired of hearing him he just crossed the line and i just i remember we were this this close to him and it's been years since i've had some type of confrontation like right. that in a soccer game it felt good Felt good, but after the game was over, I dapped it up with them and just like, "Hey, man, good game." Yeah. Said, All right, man. And it's just sometimes you can leave it on the field. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just it's part yeah, of the game. Yeah. Man. No, I'm I'm definitely you know I don't think as a coach you know it's been maybe one or two, but not too many. I, you know I think I can push it to uh-huh. to the line and and then like, well I'm gonna get sent off here and it's mm. not gonna be good for my reputation. You know the board's gonna hear yeah, Danny got sent off mm. and. Uh, the kids are gonna then mm. be without you know the, the the coach and then what message is that sent? So it's a big learning mm. curve trying to trying to learn. And I, like you said, I think at times I, I'll take it to mm-hmm. and but then after the game goes, you know I always go try and you mm. know, shake the hands of the, the other team or, or wow. whatever. I think that that for me is important and on the youth side. But for whatever reason, maybe COVID, and maybe because of that, so many teams now just run, run off the field. So then I'll be like... What do you mean, like, run off the field? Full-time whistle. They'll just run to their bench, you know, rather than... Uh, you know. And you're kind of saluting everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. I'm always like, girls go, you know, yeah. whoever, go over there and tell them good game because, you know, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Shake the hand, even if you lost. Mm-hmm. Even if this kid did something to you during it, go. Yeah. It's important to have that respect for the game, for the other team, for the officials, you know. That respect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to. So, no, I, I think... Uh, Push it to the line, and but I'm trying to as I get older, kids in the game and everything else, try and tone it down slightly. But I, I don't think I ever want to lose that. Not that the passion. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you can't, because then you wouldn't be you. 
Right. So, so when it comes to watching your daughters play, like, how, how, how do you handle that fire? Because yeah. you, you're not the coach, right? No, the no. Coach. I am. So how are you as the parent? Are you just... Well, I, I, so I, I do coach. The, you, you, uh, yeah, you I grow? coach Lily. Uh, Laura, uh, yeah, um, I'm involved with Lennox's group too. So, mm. yeah. Um, How's the dynamic then? It's, it's, it's difficult. I'll, yeah, I'll be honest. It's, um, you know, I think there's probably examples of coaches maybe favouring mm. the player. And, and maybe some might accuse, but I think I'm harder on her and then she's funny she gets in the car and then she hears it from mum you know mm. so it's like everything you read and listen to it's like you know you shouldn't create that that environment but it, it, it i think it's it's tougher but she's she's flourishing she's doing really well she's um i think will turn out to be a top player and she's loving it you know she's want to train all the time mm. want to guess play with different teams and stuff so um i think you know, we'll cross that bridge probably likely pretty soon. I think I've probably had her long enough mm -hmm. where I go hear a different voice and, mm -hmm. and and get that get that experience. So, um, but no, I'd say that it's certainly mm. a, a, a balance um, of you know, because in the house I get on to to make talk back. Hey, you know, be quiet. I'll be, you know, mm. whatever the case may be on the field. If you say that, well, now I'm coach. Mm -hmm. And if any of your teammates said that to me. You know, we'd yeah. have to have a conversation. They'd be sitting down, so it's like... Um, the yeah, lines get blurred yeah, a little yeah. bit, don't so they? So she has kind of additional mm. responsibilities. And then, you know, she, the reality is she, there's at times a target mm. on, on her back. One, because I think she's a good good player and um, she likes to dribble. So with that, it's like the Jack Grealish thing, like most fouled player, because mm -hmm. he's dribbling more. Like, mm -hmm. I think uh, Liliana's a little bit like that too sometimes. Uh, you know, some coaches say get the ball off your foot. Like again, we don't, mm -hmm. we don't encourage that. Like, well, at, at a certain point, you'll you'll figure out that solution. Mm -hmm. But we like players to have the confidence to, to dribble. Um, but then being coaches, kid, I'm sure it comes with with that as well. And then being fiery. Yes, yeah, I was going to ask, does she have the Gibson fire? In uh, there? Yeah, yeah. There's there's, <laughs> there's certainly uh, you know a little bit of that. Um, and on my wife's that the same way. Like like you said, she comes from. Uh, Mexican family, so mm -hmm. it's like there's fire meets fire, yeah. It's a soccer family, yeah, huh? yeah, for for sure, big time uh, soccer family. So she's enjoying it as long as that's, yeah. you know, that's the thing, and we'll keep trying to provide uh, opportunities and challenges and everything. Um, and then it's funny, my middle daughter Lorelai, she's like the, she's a sweet one, mm. um, middle child. Uh, like Lennox gives it to her, Lily does too. Um, and we put a lot of focus in, obviously, but with Lily being older, there's maybe mm. more time spent. Um, but she's just starting to play 7v7. They're kind of transitioning from 4v4, and she's a little calm, left-footed mm -hmm. player. Like she, she looks like she's developing into a good little uh, player, too, without kind of um, Lily's all action, where mm -hmm. Lorelai seems to read the game and understands it. So it's just maybe slightly different, not approach on parenting, because mm -hmm. we, we love them the same, and parent them the same but it's funny how they've um they both kind of found yeah. a path with within the game but no they, they, they're enjoying it and um we just signed them up for basketball with a bunch of the soccer mm -hmm. so it's like go go experience some other yeah, things yeah, as well because yeah, yeah, yeah. can't all be this because then it's no and then know. you never know she might pick something up from basketball she might reading the space in basketball might help her notice it more in soccer you know right. you never know and it brought up a point you bringing up your two kids and how different their personalities are on the pitch do you think the personality of a player on the pitch kind of 
comes naturally or is that something that is built through the environment that they're brought up in kind of like when you have a baby is the personality born with the baby or is this the personality come from um the environment that they're brought in yeah what do you think yeah i, I think there's i think there's obviously influence and impact that, that the environment has but you kind of know it's the same having kids you can almost see the personality mm-hmm. straight away you know like like Lorelai was that way, just kind of very sweet and docile, and kind of mm-hmm. would stay with you know where Lennox was a firecracker, and now mm. she's still bouncing off the walls. So you you can kind of see that, and um, you know it's just, it's it's the same in in the game. I think personality is a good thing, mm-hmm. and so like in the locker room and on the field, like go go show them who you are. You don't want to just be part of the game. You want to mm-hmm. be somebody Add that your they, little flavor to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they speak to it. So. Um, with within, uh, and we're probably not there yet. But you know, people talk about the academies, Man City, Liverpool. They, they're all playing very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all a little bit robotic at mm-hmm. times. And, and I'm sure there's there are absolutely things they're doing that mm-hmm. make it not that way. Like look, last night the what 17 year old scored for Man City on his debut in Champions League. So um, they're obviously doing a fantastic job. But everyone's kind of similar kind of goes through these phases so it's, it's so important when you got that little bit of difference and mm-hmm. not to massage that that out of them so if you got a kid that likes to dribble or one that likes to you know cross the ball or they shoot from mm-hmm. one that loves to tackle like i'll tell parents that all the time like this kid was a bit over the top and mm-hmm. i told him to keep his hands down it's like well yeah we want to teach him how to tackle right but don't don't let him lose yeah. that flair because yeah. what do coaches always say some coaches say stick to what you're good at Right. right, and if your kid's good at tackling, but he's just not there yet, well, we can we can fix that. Yeah, but let's not yeah. let him lose that, like you said. Right, right. We uh, and I'm good with that sometimes too. Focus on the weakness. Mm. Oh, that's it. They've got some great strengths, and mm-hmm. yeah, we want to maybe improve. Let's improve the left foot, or mm-hmm. how's your first touch, whatever it is. But let's really dive into those strengths and see mm-hmm. you know where where that can take you type of thing. So, no, I think uh, I like to see that a little bit of personality in the field, and you know sometimes. You, get a lot more on, on the boys side like we were talking about the maturation when they mature at what stage but you know the boys will give you a little bit back mm. you know and you might be like hey be quiet you know mm. just have a bit of respect at this time but there's a time and place for it but sometimes it's like well that, that's good because this kid mm-hmm. you know you can see he's got a little bit of give and take he's he's okay having a laugh and a joke and so mm-hmm. now we can maybe pull something different out of that kid so mm. no, no i think it, i think that's it that's really really important but i think some of it will be a product of of the environment and mm. um it's kind of like uh why the brazilians play that they way to play that's probably because the environment that they're in right. and how everybody else plays so they kind of nurtured that style of play right from there but i guess it's a little bit of both no absolutely absolutely you've got to take something from mm-hmm. mom and dad and uh, you know their home life and siblings what whatever else but no i think uh that's to learn them that, that little bit of freedom to express it, not taking that out the game by providing solutions or, mm-hmm. or too much information. Nice. Well, do you have anything else to add before we let go? Because we are touching two hours right now. No that's way. quick, isn't it? Yeah. Two yeah. hours like yeah. that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that can talk for Scotland. That, <laughs> that, that's like literally like one of the things I say I need to do better with brevity, like get to the point, bang, and yeah. you know, move on. So man, I didn't do better all there. No, but, no, you did great. Yeah. You did great. I want to bring up one thing and see what you tell me about this because I had this pulled up. Your favorite quote 
You have to remind me, I'm sure. Although talent feels and looks predestined, in fact, we have a good deal of control over what skills we develop. We have more potential than we might ever presume to guess. By Daniel Coyle. I believe he's the author of Talent Code. Um, and you're talking about Brazil. So mm-hmm. he basically traveled around. He went to, I think, Dallas. Why, why did they create the, the best country artists? Mm-hmm. Why is it out of this little place in, um, you know, a little music place in Dallas? And, you know, why are the Russians the best ballet dancers? Mm-hmm. And why Brazil? So mm-hmm. he, he basically, you know, traveled there to... To, to figure out what's going on and I think I'll, I'll mess up the name of it but you can basically build that 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 brain cell for for talent mm. type of thing if you if you you know you're basically failing mm-hmm. you're, you're doing it you're failing you're repeating it a bunch of times mm-hmm. um, but then you know once you provide that solution then it's kind of it's like a coil it's wrapping yeah, around yeah, it's getting yeah. thicker and so uh, yeah I just think <clears throat> We sometimes put limitations on it on mm. ourselves. Um, like, you know, we doing we did a coaches uh I did a session with the thirteen boys a couple of weeks ago and the coaches came and watched and you know, some of the stuff, so my kids can't do that. Well, you know, the, these kids have never done that before today, but you know, let's break it down, let's challenge mm-hmm. them on it. And if they can't do it then that's great, then that's something that they've got to mm-hmm. to, to work on. So I think sometimes we limit mm-hmm. um our, our, ourselves on, on that and it's the same you know, well, how's Oklahoma ever going to compete with, with Dallas or with Texas? They got however many more. Well, why is Croatia creating play? Why is mm. Belgium world superpower? You know, but in mm. these small, it's because they're culturally there's a lot to do with it, but they're they're, they're not limiting themselves. On, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm kind of a big believer in that, like that Mustang, Yukon, yeah, like football country. And no, I think we can we can do something out here if we approach it the right way and we. We really work towards it and don't put limits on them, challenge them every day and uh, kind of see where we can get to. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, we'll end it there. That's Sweet. a good point to leave it at. Uh, Danny, if you ever have anything you want to promote, the, the mic is yours, so you're always welcome to come back. Just uh, let me know and we'll make it happen. Well, but it. other than that, I appreciate you for coming on, man. This yeah. was great. Yeah, thanks for having me. went by too fast. Yeah. Too fast. Appreciate it, mate. I'll have to go pick up the kids now. But yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to. From here, I'm going to go print out invitations for a five-year-old's birthday oh, yes. party. Then I got to go work at my in-laws because that's where my daughter is. And then at three, I'll pick up my son, go home, wait till my wife gets off at five and then have two or three hours work by myself, get off at eight. and The full slate. This will be making hundreds of thousands in no time. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Who else am I going to try to get their ear burning? Lexi, I'm coming for you. He oh, messaged yeah. me and he said he wanted to come on, but he was in England at the time. Yeah. So Yeah. He can't follow me, Lexi. No chance. No? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, he was my coach at USC. He was great. Was he? Great guy. And, He'll have all kinds of stories. He'll mm-hmm. talk for four hours probably. So, really? Yeah. That's what yeah. I need. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. Well, Danny, I appreciate you for coming on. Um, if, where can we find you? Where yeah. can we find the Rangers? Yeah. Uh, OKRangersFC.com. And, and then we're on, you know, all the, all the socials. And then I think uh, mostly Twitter kind of active on, mm-hmm. on there. So I think it's Danny, two underscores, Danny underscore underscore Gibson. Well, that has been another episode of the Master Blown Podcast with Danny Gibson. Later, guys. Later.